Welcome to Basically Tall Tales, the collaborative short story podcast featuring tales you can basically call tall. My name's Adam. I'm Todd. And I'm Jared. Each week, one of our writers will write one third of a story before handing it off to the next writer to either continue or finish. The first writer will get to choose whatever genre they want to write in, and the other two will just have to deal with it. Today, we have a story by me, Adam, with a final chapter of a story. Make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe for more stories each week because we're always writing more comedy stories and you're social media interaction keeps us going. Without further ado, here we go. remember the uh the name of your original story jared uh i do not know was the story called partner I, swap or just the file i think just i think just uh i can't remember let me let me <laughs> look it up real quick adam do you know and that's why you're asking Nope, I don't know. And this story is called P3N15. <laughs> well, it was just P3, so I had to finish it. Oh, I didn't write the title in my document. Sorry, oh. I don't. I think I think it might it have been called. partner swap. I think it was. But I mean, I've partner named this swap one the, is pretty uh, funny. Cause... Yeah, yeah, and it it yeah. it worked thematically with my story, but I I don't know that that got picked up at all no yeah, it's a fun callback to that old yeah. tv show too basically i was setting it up so that uh well we can talk about it at the end it yeah matter. i yeah. guess at the end and i think you might have be... mentioned it before on the last show uh, but it's been so long since we recorded that yeah, one that i don't it remember has been if you said it a couple of weeks because <laughs> i know what you're about to say but i don't yeah. remember when you said it yeah uh-uh. So. Anyway, this story is called the unswapping. Ah, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, the unswapping. Mm. There you go. That sounds good. Sounds like yeah. everything's gonna get figured out at the end. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Dear listeners, you're in for a long story, so get a nice cup of coffee or awesome. some tea. And maybe some snacks. I don't think anyone out. who's ever listened to a podcast has gone like this is this is way <laughs> this is too, too fucking long. long. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have thing. to finish this on my commute back. My God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell is truly long. Podcasts that are too long. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So, Todd, you are Mother May. Yep. All right. Let me let me go smoke three packs of cigarettes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the deal. What do you say? Mother May said, "Waddlehoot barely knew what to think. It was all so much. He'd never been much of a plans guy." and keeping it all straight was giving him a headache. The oppressive heat and humidity didn't help much on that front either. He could feel the picturesque scene out of the window of the jungle, reaching in through the hole of the window, the glass having long been broken. Well, if it was Glenn with three ends planned, then I'll play my part. I'm not super familiar with this body, though. Don't know how much help I'll be. Waddlehoop said, trying to cross his arms and accidentally punching himself, or rather Jane, in the boob. It really hurt, and he cursed. <laughs> Jane has skills that will be of use to us. Not to worry. Mother May said. <laughs> but I'm not Jane. He said. Mother May sighed and walked across the room to a floor-to-ceiling wooden cabinet. She unlocked it, opening it to reveal an assortment of weapons that would make a drug lord blush. 
She picked out a long <laughs> rifle with a scope and gave it to Waddlehoop. Cool rifle, but I'm still not Jane. I've always been a terrible shot. I hate to disappoint you. Brother May walked back over to the window and gestured for Waddlehoop to follow. You see that fat thing in the tree over there? She said, pointing at the trees beyond the clearing. There was a brick wall, which looked quite tall from here, so it must have been even taller up close, separating the clearing and the town from the forest and whatever was living there. Waddlehoop strained to look and noticed some movement in the branches above the fence line. A great round yellow shape was ascending the tree, causing it to bend forward as the thing neared the top. Shoot it, she said between puffs of the cigar she held in her teeth. Waterloo made to protest again, but he figured, demonstrating how much of a fuck-up he was, would probably be a better strategy of getting him out of whatever responsibility Glenn had roped him into. Besides, he was starting to feel comfortable in Jane's body. He occasionally found himself thinking of it as his own, and having to remind himself that it's just a loner. <laughs> Maybe changing back was more trouble than it was worth. He leveled the rifle at the yellow thing, raised his arm on the windowsill, took aim through the scope, and fired. See, I told you it was useless. I'm not Jane. He said, absentmindedly putting his arm through the strap of the rifle. I think you'd better look again, Sonny. He looked back at where the yellow thing had been in the trees. He couldn't find it. Searching the surrounding area, he finally noticed the thing sprawled out on the ground in front of the fence. Did I actually hit it? He said in surprise. You goddamn right you did. That's cause you're Jane. She was a natural shot. Not some trained killer. She said as much to Glenn when he hired her for the crew. Any mind in her body could pull off a shot like that. What was that thing, anyway? We call them poison tiger tangs. Like orangutans, <laughs> but poisonous with the head of a tiger. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Asked what answered immediately. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like orangutans, but poisonous with the head of a tiger. No known cure. They're all over the damn jungle. We have to shoot them out of the trees every time they try to come into camp. And that's where you come in, Sonny. You're gonna get us through that forest. Waddlehoop looked at his hands for a moment. They were small with thin fingers and a manicure Jane had demanded he get. They weren't like his own, or rather, his first bodies. He could have popped a watermelon like a grape back in his first body. Ooh but he could never <laughs> properly aim a firearm, and his fingers had sometimes gotten stuck in the trigger, and Glenn had no choice but to cut the gun off of him. <laughs> Maybe these dainty lady fingers could do more than he expected. Ooh. Come to think of it, all he'd done since the swap was compare Jane's body to his in all the ways it didn't meet his expectations. <laughs> he looked Mother May in the eyes with a fire blazing in his chest. I'm Waterloop, and me and these lady fingers are getting you off. <laughs> of this I mean is this intentional how am I supposed to read this <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah you just pause and you're like of this planet I mean of this planet I mean good <laughs> that night Waddlehoop experimented with his body <laughs> we've been waiting for this we've been waiting for this it's, been all, it's yeah. all been building to this yeah the end. <laughs> the building of this. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> he found that he could do a handstand, which was impressive, and had amazing handwriting. When he had run up a flight of stairs, it felt like he was having a heart attack, and he had to have a lie down. He wouldn't be trying out for any running teams in the near future, that was for sure. However, he was pleasantly surprised with the specs of this body. Getting to sleep in the attic over Mother May's compound was a great convenience, but the air clung to him and he sweated so much into the mattress, he eventually gave up and went to sleep on the cool hardwood floor. In the morning, Mother May's compound was abuzz with activity. She'd had ten handmaidens, all brick shithouses, assemble in the courtyard of the old mayoral <laughs> manor. Waddlehoop had been instructed to turn up as well, right after revelry. Reverie? This was just like being back in his... Revelry. Revelry, you mean? Like waking up, or do you mean partying? No, no, revelry, the, the, the fucking thing where they play that little horn, toot, toot, toot. Yeah, revelry. No, it's revelry. <laughs> it's not revelry, it's partying. But I, I genuinely have no clue, but I will Google it. Yeah, revelry is partying, and then what you ah, want revelry. is... Ah, revelry. or, what's the... Uh, wake up, <coughs> re... 
Rev. It's a thing. Rev. I found it. Boom. Wait. So it's a French word, and it's probably being pronounced with an L because of America. So it's Reveille? Reveille. That's how I always heard it, but it's probably just like Reve or something. Like, what's it supposed to be? <clears throat> Waddle Hoop had been instructed to turn up as well right after Reveille. Is that better? <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to sound stupid, I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna keep it in. I'm gonna <laughs> look up the pronunciation. Yeah, it's never mind. It's Reve, but that's not what we say, though. Yeah, Reve pronunciation, American accent, American pronunciation. Get the fuck out of here. Break Reve down into sounds. Revali, Revali. So yeah, that's how Americans say it. All right, Revali. This was just like being back in his old squad, and he luxuriated in the orderliness of it all. Packs and provisions were all set out, with firearms and bladed weapons set aside for each member, too. As the first of the triple suns lit the sky from behind the horizon, with the first beams of daylight, Mother May gave the order to head out. May, the handmaids, and Waddlehoop made twelve. The group, contraband weapons brazenly out at the ready, worked their way block by block through the town until they reached the fence line. May said that, since there had only been two shootouts on the way, all their good luck was behind them, and they ought to be more careful <laughs> going through the forest. They passed by the dead poison tiger tang on their way to the gate. The thing was twice the height of Mother May, and wide enough to make it a scaled-up version of its dumpy, earthbound counterpart. It had huge fangs and a tiger-like face that dripped with green slime and claws like kitchen knives. Waterloo gripped the assault rifle harder to steady his trembling hands. At last they came to the gate, through whose heavily rusted iron-wrought bars a gnarly path into the forest could be seen. Okay, gals, and Waterloop, we're busting out of this joint. Mother May gave the locked gate a kick, and the padlock ripped right through the rust, and the gate swung open. Waterloop was pushed into the front of the group by the handmaids, and he led the way into the darkness. Mother May's tough, too, isn't she? Yeah, she is. I mean, she was huge, wasn't she? I yeah, mean, you, yeah. You described her, you described no, her as, all, like, basically uh, beefcake the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just thinking, like, a more feminine Undertaker. I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the Undertaker with tits, you could say. Yo. <laughs> You I could, think you didn't know you needed. You really want to searching that later. <laughs> it's got to be on DeviantArt somewhere. <laughs> it took three days of walking through the forest, hacking down flora and mowing down hyperaggressive fauna, before the ground started to rise slowly at first, and then steep enough to cause the group to switch back up the slope. The trees unknotted as the elevation increased and grew taller and farther between until there was no need to clear a path to walk. They passed a gutted-out base station for what was once a worker's rail car. The tracks were rusted over and useless. They followed the tracks until they came to the tree line, safely beyond the forest, and having only lost two of the handmaids, <laughs> the group was doing well by Mother May's assessment. Waddlehoop was just happy to be out of the forest. He'd never seen anyone shoot like he had, and actually being competent <laughs> at something for once was surreal. <laughs> <laughs> His body seemed to move with little to no input from him when danger came knocking. Shooting all of his problems was turning out to be pretty a pretty good thing. Very efficient. <laughs> the group set up camp and got the first restful night's sleep since setting out, and for Waterloop, the first good sleep since getting on the planet. Up here beyond the forest, the humidity and heat were diminished, and he finally felt like he wasn't wading through a haze. Though he'd gotten some sweat rashes in places and had to ask Mother May for help. This is not embarrassing, he reminded himself, on account of this being Jane's body. And she was the one who should be, should be embarrassed. <clears throat> and she was the one who should be embarrassed, wherever she was. In the morning, the group set off Mother to reach May the to summit. Wipe boob sweat? Like... <laughs> More like to baby power boob rashes. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't think of that, yeah. Nope, not until... Oh yeah, and on the inside of your thighs, too. Women always complain about that shit. Anyway. <laughs> got two takes. One of them will be the radio safe version, and one of them will be... Let's do one more where we... 
<laughs> and then you can decide later which one you like best. <laughs> All right. In the morning, the group set off to reach the summit of the mountain, a caldera of some long dead volcano. Cresting the ridge, a huge machine came into sight. A machine was what it was, but it was more like ten city blocks suspended over a hole in the ground by huge legs. Yo. It looked like a beetle with a city on its back. Four pillars rose from near where the four legs connected to the main structure. In the center was one final pillar, far larger than the rest. Long mechanical arms dangled limp under the thing, and some so far into the hole that the hands on the ends could not be seen. A rope bridge hung precariously over the chasm, staked into the caldera's rim in a haphazard fashion, and Waddlehoop dreaded crossing it, but had no other choice. It was this, <laughs> or face the handmaids, and possibly Glenn's wrath. Spurred on by Mother May, the group made it to their destination, Mining Rig 1020, the men's penitentiary. Is that number going to come up later? Nope, it's just a good number. Okay, because it says 1024, but you said 1020, so I, don't... <laughs> yeah. I was just checking. That later we weren't going to be confused when they moved from 20 to 24. Joke's on you. I've always been illiterate. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that mining rig thing sounds cool as hell. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Because it has a number? Why? why? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because there's probably a bunch of them on the planet. Really? Okay. It was once a uh, a mining (laughs) colony, right? Yeah. And Todd, that was your own lore that you made. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was originally, but it was abandoned. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that this, like, beetle rig thing is fucking cool as hell. And yeah. I was kind of, is it, like, wandering the planet? Or is it, is it stuck? They could move, and they can move. Um, but it's not right now. Yeah, this one's just decommissioned. Oh, okay, okay. It's still cool. Yeah. All right, here we go. Took you long enough. Jane said, standing in the entrance to the comm center in the central tower of the mining rig. Can it, Jane? You'd better have been eating, right? I don't want my body all withered up when I get it back. Waterloop said, dropping his pack and falling into a chair. He luxuriated in the cold air conditioning. The lights in the place were up and working, and the computers and comms seemed to be in good shape as well. Likewise, and if I find a single new scar, I'm going to hit you on the dickhead with a wooden mallet. After we switch back. (laughs) Important to clarify. (laughs) Mother May swaggered in, taking stock of the input panel and readouts. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you kids will have all kinds of fun, but save it for later. Status report. We've gotten the power back on, crushed or otherwise expelled the uncooperative inmates, recruited the others, and we pinged Ronnie just this morning, Jane said. Any word from our ride when he'll be here? Nothing. We'll just have to keep an eye on the orbital sensors. I see. In that case, Waterloop, get the engines ready. Waterloop relished in taking orders. It meant he could stop thinking. <laughs> he had a job to do, and the best way to get it done was to find someone and make their life hell until they did it for him. <laughs> it's always managing 101. He rounded up Burke, Zam, Roe, and Wilkes and browbeat them into coming with him to the engine room. <laughs> In the B5 level of They're the still Central listening Tower. to him? Like, I don't know. <laughs> what he lacked in pure physical anymore. intimidation factor, he made up for with assault rifle. That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. Needless to say, the crew snapped to work. Ronnie woke from his slumber. Someone was trying to reach him. He booted up the communications array and listened. It was a set of coordinates for a planet. A message to meet in orbit beneath a moon. And it was signed Jane. Ronnie didn't feel happy. Since he'd swapped places with the ship's computer, he didn't feel anything at all. Now he knew things. Whereas before he would feel a scab on the back of his neck and rummage around with his hand until he could pick it off. (laughs) Now he knew he had 15 discrete cannons on both the underside and topside of his ship. Of his hull. He knew he had been booted. Booted, yeah. He knew he had been booted as well. He knew he was rigged to the orbital marina. He knew he was an impound. The Space Force, the galaxy's self-appointed police, had taken him in as evidence when they imprisoned the crew. His crew. And now his crew was alive, and asking for his help. If he could have, Ronnie would have smiled. Time to bring those cannons online. Off in the distance, a warning klaxon sounded. Waddlehoop had been in the belly of the mining rig when he got the news. Ronnie's here. 
They would have to act fast if they were going to make the jump. He called for Skanky John, that layabout, <laughs> to get his ass down here and help the boys out. I lied when I said there wasn't a new I character. I thought you said you didn't make any new characters, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the crew needed a Skanky John, though. That's true. Yeah. 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 No, I love I love Skanky John, and you're going to love him, too. <laughs> All right. And you're going to like it. Waddlehoop stood around watching as the old man scrambled about the atmospheric converter with Burke, Wilkes, Roe, and Zam all in tow. James' voice came in through the PA system. Are we ready yet? Ronnie started shooting at the moon, and we aren't sure why. He could be bored. That's what I would do if I was bored. Waddlehoop offered. Hey, Skanky, you done yet? Skanky John had stopped by the compressor and was sniffing it intently when he stopped pulled out a large wrench from his toolkit, and smacked the metal casing so hard the noise echoed off into the deeper recesses of the rig. He listened with a thoughtful expression on his face for a moment before answering. As ready as it'll ever be, Cap. She'll either get us orbital or blow up, he said. <laughs> That's, uh, Lenny. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking big and dumb, so. Yeah. Just given that he pounded on it with a wrench to fix it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some orc engineering, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd prefer not to blow up, if at all possible. That's the thing with these old rockets. You never can tell. But I ain't been blown up yet. He said, giving Waterloop a conspiratorial waggle of the brow. Who sighed? <laughs> all things considered. If it was going to blow up, as near to the thing as he could, more likely to be painless that way. <laughs> That's, That's true, actually, good. yeah. It's yeah. good thought process. Yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> he summoned the comm center's channel on his communicator. Waterloop to control. Fire it up and let's get Miss May to her wedding. Oh. Yeah. Huh. The rig shook as the engines came alive, and sheets of century-old dirt and dust shed into the crater as the leg assembly groaned and thrust the central unit with its five pillars up and out of the caldera it had been forgotten in. The main engine roared to life and spit red flame, illuminating the mining pit all the way to its diamond-encrusted floor. The rig slowly rose, and the legs detaching from the main body to stay in the caldera. Four more engines came online, and the rig lurched. Waterloop grabbed the nearest thing and held on for life. Skanky John cackled, and they all shot towards the moon. <laughs> I do like Skanky John, yeah. <laughs> Ronnie was waiting there to snatch them with the tractor beam and pull them into the cargo bay. As he turned away from the planet, Ronnie took one more shot at the moon base, monitoring the prison. His laser hit the hull of the main dome, ripping a hole in it, and little figures were sucked out and cast into the void of space. Ronnie fired up his own engines and made the jump to his next destination. All right, now don't get too rowdy. We've got a wedding to attend in a few hours. But well done, everyone. Waterloop addressed the crew in the mess hall. With the inclusion of the new members, May and her handmaids, and all, they'd be running low on supplies within the day. But as long as Glenn came through on his end of the deal and married Mother May, then Waterloop figured they wouldn't ever need for booze or food ever again. <laughs> oh, okay. He'd been droning on about something and noticed some in the crowd had started dozing off, drinks in hand, and stopped himself. Anyway, get loose, y'all. <laughs> With that, Ronnie played some music over the PA, and the crew got to celebrating. Waterloop was a little put off by how Ronnie just did things without being asked to. Though he wasn't really a ship's computer, and he guessed it was alright as long as he wasn't too intrusive. He joined the celebrations and found his way to Jane. There was much that he wanted to talk about. Rowan Wilkes leaned against each other. A glass in each hand and staying vertical through geometry rather than conscious effort. <laughs> I like them, even though they've done nothing. Like, <laughs> they like were the two that I other. just had bickering, like punching yeah. themselves to upset the other, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Rose should sound different from Ronnie. Good yeah. note. Yes. You know, man, you're not really that weak. Rose said, taking a swig from his drink. You're not so bad yourself. How about we hit the gym after this? Wilk said. <clears throat> All right, this is Ronnie. Alcohol and exercise in combination are not good for the circulatory system. I would advise having a good lie down instead. Drinking lots of water. Ronnie said through the PA system speaker on the wall directly next to the two men. 
It gave Rose such a start that he spilled one of his beers onto the floor. Over by the 3D food printer, Waterloop and Jane were talking intently as a cake was getting printed. <laughs> I had no idea my body could do a handstand, Jane said. It must have been a combination of your muscle memory and my uh, memory memory. Honestly, I think you should consider light jogs and doing a bit of yoga. You wouldn't have to worry about bulking up, and you'd have much more energy throughout the day. I could show you how if you wanted. I was on the yoga team. (laughs) I was on the yoga team back in high school. (laughs) Is there competitive yoga? What is that? (laughs) I was in the yoga club. Nope, that yoga was, team. That's what it is. The that's yoga what team. I, I was on. I was the star star is yogi that a thing, on the yoga team back in. It's what not, it is. It is in this universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was on the yoga team back in high school. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jane smiled softly at Waterloo and his simple sincerity. It was actually pretty endearing. She thought. I think I'll take you up on that. And after, I could teach you how to aim if you wanted. And write the alphabet. (laughs) Waterloop chuckled. You know, Jane, I'm not illiterate. It's just... He was cut off by the crackling of the PA system speaker above him. I can confirm Waterloop can, in fact, read. Slowly, and he sounds out the big words. (laughs) But he can actually read. Ronnie chimed in, and just like that, the moment was gone. Jane gave Waterloop a funny look. Uh, Wait, Ronnie's what? really getting weird, huh? Yeah, just uh, creeping. Yeah, he is. Just, I, he's happy to have people back, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? I was just joking. But you really can't read, can you? Ronnie was having so much fun talking with everyone. He missed all these people even though they'd only been separate for half a year. Being booted down, with only his thoughts and the blackness of space around the impound for company, had been the loneliest experience of his life. (laughs) Huh. Life. (laughs) Thought Ronnie. He had been alive before. Not anymore, though. His first body was dead. Oh. All he had left of this ship... Jeez, they just... (laughs) Let it (laughs) wither and die? (laughs) No, he got shot by the police. Oh, that's right. He got shot by the police? Yeah. He's looking dead now. (laughs) (laughs) not that it was a bad ship or anything it was just getting on in years and falling off on parts he knew skanky john was doing something untoward in his engineering bay and as much as he disliked the sensation he knew he had no choice but to tolerate it that man was the only thing keeping ronnie together okay (laughs) maybe he could find a better ship and port his programming over to it regardless being a ship was the best thing that had ever happened to Ronnie. That's a 180. Did he just... <laughs> the last six months had been the loneliest of his life. But he was also happy. Oh. Because... Yeah. <laughs> it was pure living. Awake for every second, never shutting off. He realized that if he played his cards right, he might be functionally immortal. Ronnie would have smiled to himself if he could have. And carried on conversating. Oh boy. <laughs> Waddled Hoop stood in the bridge, a little drunk, but not so drunk that he couldn't give directions. The rest of the command team were there, manning their stations and swaying slightly. The pilot seat was empty, and Waddled Hoop felt a pain in his chest when he thought about Ronnie. He'd basically ruined everyone's night with his comments, but he couldn't stay angry at the poor sap. Maybe after the wedding, he'd look for a more humanoid robotic body for the guy. The ship came out of its jump at a Venusian super-Earth with a habitable moon that had in an equatorial ring of temperate forests and poles of cold peat swamps. Cool. It orbited a gentle yellow star and was surrounded by fleets of ships coming and going into the nearby wormhole. This wormhole was different from the other one that had swapped everyone's consciousness... Con... Con... <laughs> con uh, everyone's Jiminy Crickets. That's a conscience. I got conscience, that. Conscience... Con- 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 that had swapped everyone's minds. <laughs> <laughs> It's not supposed to be a joke. Don't laugh at that. <laughs> you want me to say consciousness and then you can edit my voice in over the line and just keep it going. 
<laughs> I think I'll just leave it in fucked up because I think it's funnier. It is funny. Yeah. This one had a ring constructed around it. And Ronnie said he detected its energy signature was far more stable. Waterloop had Ronnie bring the ship into orbit nearby the moon. And as they got closer, he saw the lights of the lunar cities illuminating the dark side of the moon. Cagliostro, the mafia's secret base. <laughs> Not such a bad place to retire and do some yoga. Yo. At last they found Glenn's fleet waiting for them near the main orbital spaceport of Cagliostro. Glenn hailed them, and Waterloop had Ronnie bring him up on the main display. Good to see you again, old friend. Sorry about not giving you all the details from the beginning. It's just, I knew that you'd fuck it up if you knew. <laughs> you were supposed to get locked up. <laughs> they burst into laughter and Waterloop wiped a tear from his eye. Yeah, you know me. What would I do without you? I'd say you got on pretty well without me these past months. Speaking of getting on... How are we meant to get back in our bodies? Miss May said there'd been a breakthrough. The Mafia scientists have finally cracked the code on making exact swaps. We'll have to send small transports through one at a time, with the crew loaded on in pairs. The wormhole will jump you forward just a year into the future, but a small price to pay for things going back to normal. With any luck... We'll have taken over the sector by then. With your massive fleet and my bank account, there's nothing we can't do, my love. Mother May said. Oh, how I long to be in your arms again. Let's get this over with and get right to the fun bit. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Waddlehoop, feeling like the third wheel, backed off from the video <laughs> call as they exchanged sweet nothings. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. how it felt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty awkward feeling. <laughs> he made the transport ready to send over to Glenn's flagship. Mother May and her handmaids loaded into the transport, along with a 3D printed cake and a hastily prepared gift from each of the crew members. They lifted off and began the crossing between the ships. You have no idea what you've done for us, Waddaloop. She's the love of my life. <laughs> it's been so hard getting on with her locked away for the past seven years. Hey man, why is your ship's energy signature spiking? Is everything... The call cut out, and Waddaloop rushed over to Jane by the gunnery control. What the hell is going on? The controls aren't responding. The guns are moving by themselves, Jane said, frantically pressing buttons. Ronnie! Waterloop screamed. I don't know what you're playing at, but knock it off. This is no time for jokes. The ship shuddered as the main cannon fired. On the display screen, the crew watched in horror as the transport carrying Mother May erupted into flames and disintegrated Yo. in the void between the ships. Another salvo of blasts leapt from the Edgelord and collided with several ships of Glenn's fleet. The what engines the kicked fuck? on, and the edgelord lurched to life, turning towards the wormhole. Ronnie, please, don't do this. We can still figure it out. Are you mad about your body? I'll get you a new one. Waterloop pleaded. <laughs> yeah, a better up. one. <laughs> Jane added, grabbing Waterloop by the hand. The ship didn't respond, instead sailing full speed into the wormhole. There was a flash of light, and Waterloop fell sick. He opened his eyes to find himself laying on the cold metal floor. He sat up and looked down, and seeing he no longer had breasts, gave a sigh of relief. Then he noticed his hands. They were wrinkled and gnarly. The forefinger and ring finger on his right hand were missing entirely. He stood up and surveyed his surroundings. He was in the engineering bay, surrounded by gleaming metal pipes. He staggered over to one, and looked at his reflection. He was an aged man, stooped, with a long wispy beard, and half the teeth he ought to have. He was Skanky John. We, that's, this is what I was saying. You really should have given the description <laughs> yeah. that I asked for earlier when we were doing Sorry. folks' voice for Skanky John. <laughs> uh, I was so and, confused. And if he was Skanky John, then whose you body were... did John end up in? <laughs> Terror seized him as he thought of what John might do with Jane's body. He made to leave the room, but he couldn't open the door. The PA crackled to life, and a familiar voice came through. Well, friends, how are you finding your new bodies? The end. 
The end? <laughs> oh my god. That's, uh, oh my that's god. <laughs> he just murdered everyone and swapped their bodies again. Oh my god. This is this is awesome. I love this ending. I love this ending. I've got a lot to say. I've got a lot to say. After the first after the first episode, I was like, no, this is how this is how it's going to end up. Ronnie's just going to I was like, somehow Ronnie's body is going to die and then I, I, he's going to just fucking lose his mind. Oh and I'm God. so glad Todd that you doubled down and actually killed Ronnie off and I was like, great. Now I can make him go crazy. Yeah, no, I I thought that was telegraphed by Jared as well. I just wanted a a confused computer inside a human's body because I thought that would that be a happens. funny interaction. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I guess I you made him comatose. I made him in your seem story, comatose, but I didn't yeah. and I didn't intend to. But I listened. I was editing the audio for the first part of this for. Oh yeah, but um, like when you said he was unresponsive, I was like, yeah, I mean that makes sense. A ship doesn't really have a personality, so it yeah. functionally brain dead essentially. It wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah, I was. So he's just gonna wither until he's dead. Yeah. Oh man. But I, I like this story so much. Yeah, I I love it. Yeah, this is great. yeah, this was a good one. I like like how it turned out. Sorry, I had to wait so long <laughs> for it. No, no, it's I. Ha- Shit happens, man. I had a cold last week, too, so it would have been similarly miserable I mean, on my end anyways. <laughs> so I cheated a little bit. We I I checked what page we were on earlier. Like, <laughs> uh, we were on page 15 out of 17, and we're talking about Mother May's wedding and all this stuff. <laughs> and I was, like, feeling a sense of dread. Really? But I thought maybe that was just me imposing it on there because I was like, I meant <laughs> for uh, Glenn with three N's to be evil, like, and that he had betrayed them and sent them into the wormhole yeah. for some reason. Uh, and so when everything was working out, I was also just kind of like, well, I guess Adam's doing a Jared story. <laughs> and every- <laughs> everyone's just going to kind of like get along and work together and figure stuff out like i was like i kind of like that ending too i kind of like it and i was like but we're on page 15 of 17 and (laughs) something needs to yeah the wedding hasn't happened (laughs) are we just gonna do the wedding in two pages and get them back in their bodies and then as i'm thinking that (laughs) uh fucking uh guns start shooting right <laughs> yeah. ronnie starts blasting people and i'm like dude that ronnie's personality too was so well uh telegraphed i know i used that word earlier i'm repeating myself but it was so good like i mean I, you'll probably leave it in of me saying while you were reading like he's gone a little weird hasn't he like <laughs> that was so good like i picked up on that yeah i'm so happy yeah. you picked up on that yeah. Yeah, no, and he's just kind of uninvited watching in on people's conversations. He's yeah, popping around, a saying weird, weird about shit. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because we were discussing earlier, I had initially intended on him being the main character, which he kind of got back to at the end of this. But he, he, yeah. I So I definitely didn't put anything weird in him, so it was a uh, nice little being a ship is damaging his mind kind of thing yeah i guess it makes sense now how it could be the loneliest and also best six months of his life because he's because he's gone crazy (laughs) oh man that was not the ending i imagined for this story but i i wouldn't have imagined this and i love this yeah definitely this came out nowhere anywhere near where i thought it was going to but it's i like it probably better than what i initially planned anyways so Ooh, well done speaking of yeah before we get to what you initially planned because i do want to hear it yeah. uh, before we get yeah. there i want to know um what was uh, what based on what i've given you in the story what was the reason they sent the waterloop and the crew back in time oh not back in time forward in time through the wormhole and swapped everyone because i tried to i tried to lay out like it was kind of planned out by glenn yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Um, so, okay, so I'm just going to tell you of... what I got, right? Yeah, I I didn't get... Glenn... Me too. <laughs> so the way that I initially wrote Mother May was that she was a schemer, you know? Yeah. And that she had, you know, placed herself in a position of power with the mafia and that she was running things from the prison. And so she, I mean, she seems perfectly capable of manipulating Glenn and manipulating the whole situation uh, from prison to work out meticulously how it's going to end up going down. Like, she is definitely smart and powerful enough to have predicted the up to getting murdered by a ship uh, part. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that she was manipulating things in order to just get off the planet, but I don't know. Okay. I was wondering why she left the planet because she seemed fine on the planet, but she also did seem really into Glenn. So, you know, maybe she was just that, uh, that thirsty. (laughs) Well, so there's this line here, right, at the end of your story, right? Mother May says, seven years is a long time to wait on a delivery, but now you're here. I'll be expecting results. Yeah. Yeah. So going off of that, right, of course I have to. That's the literally last thing that happens in your story. I was like, all right, well, why would they, like, why would she be waiting seven years for delivery if it was not planned that they would be in the prison in the first place? And it's like, all right, so Glenn knew that they were going to get their minds swapped, Right. Because yeah. he see, he doesn't seem surprised by that in your story either. Right. So, to me it seemed like, alright, so there's a purpose for this. What's the benefit of having a human mind inside of a ship? Well, it can basically operate auton- autonomously and, you know, circumvent whatever um, restrictions were put on it, right? She wanted the ship? Well, getting the ship... To the planet. This feels like you need to write another story in order to <laughs> yeah. explain all this stuff because um, it's not. It did not come through. And, no. And Jane, or yeah, yeah. Jane. I feel like you're uh, cheating now. Like I'm not you cheating. wanted no, no, to no. write a longer story, and now you're just kind of shoehorning <laughs> it all in. <laughs> no, no, no. So, like, here, here's what from my mind, Glenn's plan is, right? Because okay. Glenn's wife is in jail, or not wife, but Glenn's, sure. Glenn's fiance is in jail. So what does he do? They sure. gotta get. They gotta bust her out. Yeah. So they need a, they need a ride uh, that okay. can act unconventionally and get around the space police, right? And they need a talented, like, shooty, shooty gun person to help them through the dangerous, dangerous forest that you set up yeah, on the planet. I'm, I'm going to have so to like, agree all right, with so... Todd, though. Not, this did not come through. <laughs> like I okay. like I said, like I said in my kind of guess there was that she seemed smart enough to organize all this stuff. So whatever happened happened the way that she wanted it to. Uh, uh, yeah. Your no, fine details here did not come through in the story, but I. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that you you thought of that. Yeah, in my mind at least, Glenn planned out that they'd get Jane on the planet to get. You know, the Glenn and, not Glenn, uh, Jane and Skanky John on the planet. And then, you know, the ship, they would use their ship to escape. And sure. they'd get them, like, they'd get agents in that are hyper-talented and competent at their <laughs> at their roles to yeah. get his wife out of there. Okay. Yeah. So, my last question is, do you think that uh, Mother May actually loves Glenn? Absolutely. Okay, okay. I thought so too. The way that you killed them all immediately without her then having another ace up her sleeve, like yeah, she seemed pretty genuine at that point. Like yeah. all of her scheming was done, and this was the goal. And she did not see Ronnie going rogue, but yeah, yeah. So that was cool. I really yeah. liked uh, Mother May in the end. She was she was fucking cool as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. And the planet so now, and everything. Very cool. Yeah. Jared, yeah. what would what would have been your third story ending? Um Maybe second it, too, since you lost yeah. control of it and didn't see that coming. Yeah, in. well like a bus where, full of kids, you lost control. Yeah. <laughs> well, where I had initially thought was that 
because in my story they went and got supplies they needed so i was assuming with todd's story they would come back to the ship and then work on a way to change back but probably have it fail i don't um i didn't really think in specifics because i know the stories that we write tend to go in wildly differing directions to what we all think it's going to happen so i don't i don't really consider it too much you know I kind of agree with you there, because I had a meticulously planned part three, yeah. so that, that that way I could leave the bits of intrigue that I that I left in there, and Adam picked up on them in the way that I wanted him to, but then also took them to different conclusions than I did, so yeah. it's either, like, I still think it's valuable to have an idea no, of what's going to happen and... in the future, yeah. yeah, no, I think through the part two a lot more than I think through the part three, though. Just okay, for yeah. as far as leaving bits to pick up on. That's as far as you can get it. Yeah. yeah. I I just meant that because I only had the part three coming after. But Yeah. I mean, because you said uh, last time that my story was wildly different than anything you would have done. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, did you have any more specific idea of what you would have done um, as far as, like, what, how I they mean, would I have know... gotten their body back? Because Adam's, like, excellent uh, explanation of something that never happened. Like, the fact that they were going to go through one, one pair at a time and, like, shave a year off their life. <laughs> like, I was already thinking that's a pretty raw deal for a bunch of people that weren't into it. Yeah. And so I was expecting them to fight back, but it it was a plan. Yeah. Like, did you have any other kind of plan, like what might have worked or what they might have tried? Uh, no, because I figured it wouldn't happen until part three, so I didn't really okay look think into that. I was if chances are, if I had done it, it probably would have had to do with them going back through the wormhole and trying to bargain with the voice that they heard in there, because that never came back either but yeah i thought that was just glenn so that's why i made him menacing yeah i thought Um, the voice was like an automated message it's like look stupid you fucked up it's on you yeah i thought glenn was the main antagonist um yeah and the way that i would have so seven years is a long time to wait on a package uh the package was uh, Waterloop, and uh, there was no way that I was going to convey this at the end of the story. This is just what I had in my notes: was that uh, Mother May uh, was slighted by Waterloop in the past, and she wanted revenge on him. So she had organized a way to get Waterloop on the planet. So in order for Waterloop to get on the planet, that was a female-only prison. He needed to be gender swapped now so that she could finally get her hands on him i can see that yeah Yeah. and so glenn working for mother may uh you know followed her orders to get waterloop there yeah so that was what i had that's what i had thought which was not coming through and i didn't plan on telling you that that was the plan yeah, so that you no. could do well, it that's right. that's the whole point. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, this format is to write see a story to a point and then see where we take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can see that as a conclusion to your part, yeah. I can see that too, but... At the end of your story, like her tone almost seems like she's like happy to see him. Yeah, so I wouldn't have expected choke him to death or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have expected for uh, I wouldn't have expected for that to uh, like have a grudge against him. Yeah, I don't know what it was, or I might have something in my notes somewhere, but I'm not going to break them out now because it doesn't matter. Yeah, but uh... for me, like the second that that you said, like, all right, they're going to prison. I was like, okay, so now the prison is the main antagonist. Because, like, in stories related uh, to prisons, at least in yeah, my mind, like, the, being in prison is the antagonist. 
It's like an environmental thing, like, you know, the hurricane or being on an island. So, like, getting out of it or regaining control is the goal. And I loved your description of the planet and the, the, the one animal... And the and the <laughs> the giant mining uh, robot things; those were very cool. I loved that. Yeah. The animal thing. Uh, <laughs> I just thought of like this big, fucking round, dumpy yellow thing hanging from a tree, and I'm like, how can I make that menacing? Because <laughs> orangutans are really <laughs> put a tiger dumpy. head on put it. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it poison fangs or whatever. <laughs> that was that was dumb, but awesome. Because yeah. Uh, because it's weird uh, how we're talking about this whole story like it's a like it's a sci-fi when it is supposed to be funny. So yeah, yeah and your story was very funny. It had really nice uh, comedic <laughs> moments in it. So oh, yeah. I'm happy. I hope yeah. I was I was going for kind of like kind of a slowly building of like kind of dread uh, that like something's wrong with Ronnie. Like I, everyone's back together like and they're all before, happy and there. like yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. Um, I thought that because of my thinking on how they were going to get betrayed uh, and then the betrayal didn't come from Mother May or (laughs) from Glenn who just showed up and he's like, I sound like an asshole, but I'm, this is just how I talk. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I thought I was imposing that where it was actually just going to be a nice ending with a wedding. Yeah, the good ending. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the dread was, the dread was there. And that that oh, was yeah. awesome too. Yeah. When I heard the first story, and they like part of the setup was like that they had gone through a wormhole, like, and then Ronnie was in the ship's computer. Like my mind went straight to that horror movie, where the um, God, I forgot, I fucking forget what it's called, where the ship becomes like infested by demons. What's that? Uh, <laughs> Doom. Sci-fi horror. Starring the Rock. Is not Doom. Alien? <laughs> Event Horizon. Oh god. So like yeah. immediately I was I was like feeling vibes of that. And so like the second like Ronnie was like talking from the ship's thing and like they're like you gotta he's like, Oh his body's unresponsive. Oh we gotta find a way to get him back. I was like yeah. Oh. I was uh, like, Oh no, this is this is gonna there's only one way this can end and that's with Ronnie killing everybody or doing <laughs> no. something horrible. I I was expecting uh, Jared. I was expecting you to do more of a of a robot voice because I was notice or it didn't really come through till the end there, so it would have been hard to tell. But he was becoming more like a robot, I think. So I was expecting a more, bit more of that. Uh, what's that sci-fi horror movie? I was expecting like a What are you doing, Waterloop? Space Odyssey okay. or whatever. Uh, yeah, you're thinking it. 2001 um but yeah. i don't know i didn't i didn't want to do like a beep boop i'm a robot kind of voice just yeah yeah because i don't like i'm because that wasn't him in the beginning looking at it through no, the yeah. lens my yeah. lens of star trek uh <laughs> with sci-fi that's my uh always been my favorite and they just had a a woman do the voice like a normal human would say it. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I yeah, did feel weird. like it felt like a Star Trek, like uh, like kind of like a Star Trek story in in the first episode. Yeah, I have watched a lot of Star Trek. <laughs> Me. I, I don't know if I said it before. I was like, I was getting just uh, MMO vibes. They went to the hub and they got a quest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they need have basic necessities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bare necessities. Yeah, oh, I should have like crossed a bear with something and stuck it on the island uh, on the on the planet too. <laughs> like a, like a bear what? elephant, like a bellephant. Uh. <laughs> I want anyway. that to be a bear with an elephant trunk, not a not a giant elephant with a bear like vicious oh God, that'd be horrifying no. if elephants <laughs> acted like bears like yo just ripping people apart grabbing them by their or with their trunks and like dangling them over their jaw <laughs> you know what they were that, definitely in there that would be a horrifying <laughs> horror 
monster for sure well okay so how about this then a bear the size bear of an with elephant, an elephant with the trunk tusk. of an elephant, <laughs> elephant. and tusks <laughs> yeah and since uh, they have so many teeth fun. they'll have like three or four tusks yeah. like sets of tusks yeah and then like uh, one really big long nose <laughs> i kind of uh as with all of my stories um, this is retroactively true. All of my stories are influenced by the Chronicles of Riddick. So yeah, that is that is true. <laughs> yep. So uh, my um, inhospitable planet was kind of kind of based on based on that, and so yeah. it would be it would have been cool would, if yeah. if I had written a story where. Uh, the the planet, like you said, the planet was the antagonist. Like in the original Pitch Black, that would have been that would have been yeah. a cool way for the story to go too. Except with yeah. fucking bearer elephants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's the next great horror monster right there. A bear with an elephant trunk. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean. Dumbo meets cocaine bear. I think I yeah, I should have yeah. I should have known that you were going for pitch black, but I I still just thought Dune when uh, it went to the. I thought I just fucking thought like a forest planet, like a giant jungle. Yeah, um, I didn't. No, I mean, I, I, I don't think he described yeah. it as a desert, but I just for some reason my head went there. Yeah, no, it definitely was a jungle, and I yeah. I was basing it more like you said the the planet is an inhospitable uh, prison. Yeah, so it wasn't based exactly on any no, kind no. of uh, uh, whatever the character's name is, Vin Diesel shit, Riddick. Yeah, the Chronicles of whoever. Yeah. Uh, the Chronicles of that it wasn't based movie on that exactly, but <laughs> no, but that kind of uh, that kind of trope or something. Yeah, that's just what I wanted to do. Yeah. I keep thinking about Event Horizon and how terrible that fucking movie is. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I don't know why. There's a lot of bad movies, and The Chronicles of Riddick is not one of them. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> give or take. Um... <laughs> Look, we don't need eyes where we're going. We only need ears, because it's a podcast. Yeah. 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 Or hell. Anyway, any last thoughts for our listeners? So one thing I did notice, like I, when I set out writing the story was that I had thought of all the characters that swapped bodies as like being partners in some way. That's, and that's why that was I part the story of the title. what I did. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, obviously it didn't come across and I entirely blame myself for that, but, uh, yeah, the I don't know how I could have changed oh, it. To, what do you mean? Like romantic like, partners, or like in the general sense? And just like, in the general sense, like the the two big dumb idiots that are just beating themselves up to torment so just, the vanity of the other. Like the person <laughs> and, they're closest to. Like, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily so, romantic, but just whoever yeah. they're closest to. Which is I. Okay, or that the person was, that you I spent did a think, lot of time with. Yeah, I did think that through quite a bit um, after re- having just said that I didn't think any of it through, really. But um, the yeah. like the captain swapping with the ensign was... That never like, really went anywhere. That never went anywhere, but it, like, did it... Or she turned into, like, an assassin there at the end. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Well, she was a so. sniper. That that was the job you gave yeah. her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that I was the job you gave her. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she bragged about how good at killing she was. Okay. That's right. Because yeah. there's a comment yeah. where, like, she's like, we're not in the military. Yeah. Or, or something. Yeah. And then she's like, of course we're not in the military. I'm yeah. not a trained killer. I'm just good at shooting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was yeah. in the second yeah. story, but... Yeah. No, because I did. She was cool. She unfortunately got less and less important as the story went on. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was. That was going to be like the the crux of my. Like the jokes for the continuation of my story. Like, 
um, joking about Ronnie, how he was apparently closest to the computer. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then, like, smirking comments about the the captain and the ensign who were clearly in a romantic relationship, but then I'd probably have turned it to something much more innocent. Like, they they played chess, or she was teaching him chess or something. That would have been funny, Something yeah. dumb and weird, yeah. Okay, I think to set that but, up, um, if, if, like, a married couple on the ship, like, or, like, several... Because it, it was a mixed gender, like, crew. Like, yeah. If several known partners... Yeah, no, like, and I, I, I definitely could have done it better. Swapped, like it, and, that yeah. would set, like, a precedent. But And then it'd be yeah. like, so, Rowan Wilkes, what are you guys doing? Why did you guys swap? And, you know, you could have, like, <laughs> them yeah. and the ensign... And Ronnie be like, Ronnie, what are you doing fucking the ship? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Right, and that could be like, that could, that could be pretty funny too. Some really, yeah, yeah. some really wrong ideas right. about how, uh, no, it's it's not only romantic partners. It's, yeah, yeah. That would have been funny. Because that could have been a fun part of the mystery. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, like I said, I, I just, uh, I think that got thrown off, um, because maybe I'm just not, I wasn't reading the, the conversations well. And so everyone was in kind of a bad mood after getting swapped. And everyone yeah. was really laying into each other. And yeah. I kind of read into that, that everyone was also pretty shit at their jobs. Like, yeah, well, that's <laughs> typically true in my universe. Like, Waterloop was pretty... Jobs. <laughs> Pretty happy that things went well after they murdered all those innocent uh, missionaries, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, dude, no! I had a note in my story notes that said the Roxafranian slavers and the Galactic Police are in cahoots. Um, I didn't have time to write <laughs> uh, that little nugget in and like make it make sense. It would have been nice yeah. if they had gone back to being slavers, and then we could have felt good about our main characters again, not just being <laughs> mass murderers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, they're mercenaries they're mercenaries yeah. yeah i mean that's what i said earlier about getting mmo vibes you get a quest to go kill 30 centaurs you don't think about how that's going to impact centaur society and maybe there's a reason why their civilization never progresses behind beyond sticks <laughs> stick huts but like <laughs> but uh yeah that would have been good if we if we'd made them bad guys again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah. It's... So with them all being shit it's at their jobs, I uh I never really thought yeah. of them uh like working their relationship out. Like I thought it was maybe <laughs> a relationship of convenience that they were having. Yeah. So yeah. it it ended when they body swapped like they both oh, are yeah. like, no, I'm not putting up with your shit anymore. You go work out. No, you go on a diet. No, don't you dare run up any stairs. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they both, everyone was it, was, it put a strain on any relationships that did exist. Yeah, yeah. I wanted that strain to get, like, reconciled a bit at the end there. It did, yeah. and I was really happy for everyone until yeah. they all got killed. <laughs> no, they just got body swapped again. Yeah, yeah. Dead. <laughs> or, Glenn well, was Mother May was but... Mother May, and everyone there got killed. Yeah, I wonder if Roe and Wilkes were the only ones who just got swapped back into their own bodies, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they still Maybe, went back probably, to punching each other. <laughs> probably, yeah. And they're still <laughs> when we switch back again. <laughs> yeah, they were still awesome. Yeah. No, I. Wilkes is uh, it's a good combination. I just like that those kind of characters, big and dumb. Yeah. Oh, big and dumb is a lot of fun. Yeah. I also like squirrely prospector types as well. I think I've written more than one of those. <laughs> I think you have. Oh. <laughs> uh, there was one story for basically sci-fi where. Uh... Iggy88 was supposed to do like a prospector voice too, and I I spent like a week researching how to do it. I obviously didn't remember <laughs> now. I... <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, thank you, <laughs> listeners, for listening to us. Uh, and I hope that, that was a fun it, one. This story was long enough for you to finish your tea and cake, uh, or whatever you got <laughs> to munch on. And don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, if the moral of this story is anything to go on, go ahead and swap your partners. Yeah, uh, nothing bad ever happens. Yeah, that um, was. Oh, yeah. that's one thing we could talk about. <laughs> but you're all wrapped up. Oh. Yeah. Oh well. See you next time. Yep. Bye. 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 <laughs>